Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. A June 22nd message from the uh, president of the Catholic Bishops Conference of India urged all archbishops, bishops, priests, deacons, religious, catechists, and laity to join protests on July 2nd. Um, This is in response, apparently, to ongoing violence against Christians in the country's northeastern state of Manipur. Uh, Join me right now to tell us about the the religious cleansing that seems to be going on in India is uh, Dr. Chad Bauman. He's professor of religion at Butler University, where he holds the department chair, and his research focuses on religion in India. He's the author of Anti-Christian Violence in India, and he's also a contributor to the Under Caesar Sword Project. And Chad, good to have you back here. Thanks. Thanks. It's an honor to be back. Let's go ahead and and set this up for me. Um, It's Apparently, this has gotten the Catholic Bishop Conference of India involved. Uh, Are are Catholics under the same kind of uh, ethnic cleansing or religious cleansing that we've seen take place with Protestant groups? Yes, uh, absolutely. This violence, uh, this particular time around, is has been very ecumenical and very widespread. Uh, it's spread across a, a large region, the uh, Imphal region, and up into the hills around it in the state of Manipur, as you noted. And um, there have been at least you know dozens of churches destroyed, possibly even hundreds, and a oh. good number of them have been Catholic. Okay. Uh, are people being killed as well? They're being displaced, but are they being killed as well? Yes. And in fact, the numbers are suggesting that this might be the worst round of anti-Christian violence, in uh, certainly in modern Indian history, wow. uh, larger even than the Kandamal violence back in 2007 and 2008, where there were probably about 50 people killed. So far in this violence in Manipur, which began on May 3rd, uh, there have been around 150 people killed, mm. and around 60,000 are now displaced. And now that includes both Christians and non-Christian groups, because there has been some reprisal violence as well. Okay. Uh, what led to the outburst on May 3rd? There's a long history of uh, ethnic conflict in Manipur between the uh, various tribal groups, which include the Kuki and uh, the Naga uh, tribal groups, which tend to live up in the hills, and between the uh, uh, between them and the low-lying uh, Hindu groups, which uh, live around uh, the region of Imphal and uh, have a have sort of cornered the, the political power in the region. Um, both groups have also at times conflicted with the government. So there are armed militias uh, that have sought separatism. There has been ethnic violence. There's been interreligious violence. Uh, and so in some ways, this is just a continuation of that. But there is also, there was a sort of very specific provocation. In India, if you have the status of scheduled tribe, it's a kind of official government parlance that says that you're an officially recognized tribal group. And if you have that designation, it gives you access to certain kinds of privileges, reservations in the civil service, in universities. And um, there are also large plots of land up in the hill countries in various parts of India, including Manipur, where the land is reserved for people and communities that have that scheduled tribe status. So the initial kind of provocation in this situation was that the low-lying uh, Uh, mighty um, 
uh, ethnic group, uh, which tends to be predominantly Hindu, um, felt that uh, they wanted those privileges of the scheduled tribes as well. And the main scheduled tribe group in the area, they're called Kukis, K-U-K-I, and they are predominantly Christian. Mm. And so they they petitioned the government to get that tribal scheduled tribe status so that they would be allowed to start uh, purchasing land and settling in those hill country areas that are now settled by the Christian or predominantly Christian Kukis. And the and the predominantly Christian Kukis rightfully saw this as a as a sort of naked power play because the mighty the, that Hindu mighty ethnic group um, they already have the predominance of political power in the area they don't need a leg up they don't need this kind of extra help um, but the Maites have um, gotten the support of the uh, government that's in control of India right now, the BJP, the Bharatiya Janata Party, run by Prime Minister Narendra Modi, who was just in the United States yeah. recently for yeah. a visit. And um, they've managed to use that kind of influence and power that they have by dint of association with the National Party to try to, again, drive a wedge between uh, Hindus and uh, other ethnic groups, in, or sorry, other religious groups, including Christians, for the sake of uh, increasing uh, Hindu power and trying to solidify and unify Hindus around this supposed threat from from uh, these supposedly foreign faiths like Islam and Christianity. Yeah. Let me ask a question which uh, you've talked about before on this program. Hinduism is usually presented as a very tolerant religion. In fact, it's, it's actually hard to define it because it's it's so uh, has so many facets to it and it's part of indian you know culture what happens to the virtue of harmlessness here which is supposed to be a mark of the the hindu uh disciple yeah well you know the the ability of Hindus to uh, be violent and to engage in inter-ethnic and inter-religious violence is, you know, just another in a long line of examples from all of the world's religions uh, that the ideals and the tenets of a particular faith do not necessarily dictate the behavior of its followers. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It's absolutely true that there's a long, long uh, history of emphasizing tolerance and nonviolence in the Hindu tradition. Um, Hindus believe themselves in some ways the sort of originators of the idea of religious tolerance because of edicts that go back thousands of years right. that suggest uh, something like the idea of religious tolerance. But they, uh, Hindus are also susceptible, as uh, Christians are, as Muslims are, as Jewish folks are, um, to the politicization of their religions and um, to listening to voices other than their scriptures other than uh, other than their highest ideals and instead listening uh, to some of the basest human instincts um, of you know partiality sure. and prejudice and bigotry yeah, yeah. Um, where where, do, where does the where does where does Modi stand in all of this I mean is he is he is he is he, is he a bigot yeah, Modi is a fascinating and complicated figure. Um, some of your listeners may remember that uh, while he was chief minister of the state of Gujarat, chief ministers are like governors here in the United States, 
while he was chief minister of the state of Gujarat back in 2002, there was a large anti-Muslim pogrom. And he has he was accused um, with some justification by his critics of basically just telling the police to stand down and allow that program to continue to the extent uh, that the U.S. government, um, you know, following some pressure um, from groups that were opposed to him, uh, his politics, um, the United States government um, would not allow him to visit the United States from that date, 2002, up until he became prime minister of India. Hmm. And of course, then, of, then our government's um, stance towards him changed considerably. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, by both administrations, but particularly the Trump administration was very friendly with the Modi administration. Um, so uh, he has a long history of, of being on the side of what we might call Hindu nationalism, uh, which suggests that, you know, the, the genius and success of India is dependent on the bolstering of its Hinduness, which right. is both a culture and, and a kind of religious identity, as you suggested. And people who adhere to that do tend to be less tolerant of religious minorities, and they see Islam and Christianity in particular as threatening because of their foreign origins and because of the fact that they are very different kinds of religions than the religions that were born in India, like Hinduism and Buddhism Mm -hmm. uh, and Sikhism. Um, And so Modi, unfortunately, has a long history of being just remaining mum on issues like uh, like this. Uh, And he, in fact, made no statement about this violence, which began on May 3rd until just in the last week after a very shocking and scandalous video emerged of two uh, kooky Christian women being uh, stripped and paraded naked oh. and then allegedly uh, raped. Um, and when this video started circulating, then it became an international scandal. And mm. only then did Modi deign to uh, come out and speak about it. And then he came out and, and uh, sort of mourned this awful incident and uh, discouraged uh, any kind of further activity like this. But, yeah, it's a problem. There's been an ongoing, serious incidence of violence for two months. Um, the Internet has been suppressed, and people can say, well, that's to avoid, uh, avoid you know, people spreading rumors mm-hmm. and spreading hate, but it also conveniently prevents uh, videos like this from getting out right. and um, being seen by the international community and the national community. So it's, it's a problem um, that Modi didn't speak until now. The government did send in its forces to try to quell the violence, but did, didn't do so successfully. Still now, uh, part of the problem is, is because of the history of militancy and sectarian uh, militias in this region, there are a lot of guns and there are a lot of people who can use them. So it's, it's um, different than in other parts of the country where government forces might be able to run in and pretty quickly quell things because here they're dealing with, uh, a, you know, very multiple communities that are well armed. Yeah. What percentage of the population of India is Muslim? The it's right now it's it's about ten uh, percent of the population of India is Muslim. That's a large group to get rid of. Do they really think yeah. they can purge the land of Muslims? It's hard to say whether anyone really believes that they can run Muslims out of the country altogether. There is certainly a more radical segment of the Hindu nationalist community that thinks 
through violence, threats of violence, intimidation, etc., they can at least encourage, um, you know, some substantial number of Muslims to migrate elsewhere, say to Pakistan or to Bangladesh, where there are um, Muslim majorities and where um, some Muslims in India do have family connections Mm -hmm. that date back to when all of these three countries, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and India, were controlled by the British. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I don't think anybody plausibly believes they can run it out. It's really a, about intimidation to force the Muslims to keep their heads down. Yeah. Okay. Chad, thanks. Um, terrible news, but uh, glad you're able to uh, inform us. Thanks so much. Thank you. Pleasure to be on. Dr. Chad Bauman is professor of religion at Butler University, where he holds a department chair. His book is called Anti-Christian Violence in India.